Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Hey, what's going on, champagne sharks? How's everyone doing? Um, yeah, we're going to have a episode where I think the rest of the guys are going to be joining at some point. Maybe, maybe not. People are trying to get home in time to record, but they're on the West Coast and I'm on the East Coast, so I wanted to get started early. So I decided to get started on my own. This is T, the podcast of Champagne Sharks. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, we're still on our sporadic recording schedule, but I'm still trying to keep the good content coming. And um, there's a couple of things I want to talk about this time. There's a bunch of things. There's an article in particular I want to talk about, but I'd rather wait for some people to join us. I think Mario is joining us. If he doesn't by a certain time, then I'll just start uh, talking about it anyway. But um, there's been a lot of interesting things uh, happening that it's too much to all talk about in one episode, but uh, some things I'm I plan to talk about with some guests in the coming weeks. One thing I would like to talk about is Hassan Minaj and the, I don't even call this genre comedy anymore. Whatever you call that thing that Stephen Colbert and um, Jon Stewart and those guys would do where it was like, it's kind of comedy, but it's more like a TED talk. It's like a TED talk that um, has the cadence of jokes. Like it has the cadence and mannerisms and setup and delivery of stand up comedy, but it's just a TED talk and basically telling um, liberals that, you know, they're good people who believe the right things. Uh, it's not particularly funny. Like he had that show that I watched a couple episodes of in Netflix and it wasn't bad as an infomercial kind of show, like as a, um, I'm going to say a documentary. I guess documentary-ish. Like, it worked better as just straight up news and information than as actual comedy. I don't know why he just didn't have a explainer show about him explaining different things. So as an explanation, it was not bad at all. I think if I remember correctly, it was about journalism and he had this great segment about local news and how local news is dying. But it's like, like, like to give a similar example that's personal. Um, I've done stand, I've done... I've done podcasts with stand-up comedians before, where it's like everybody in the show is a stand-up comedian, except for myself. And it would be kind of frustrating because it would be like there'd be an obligation, almost like a sitcom, to insert a joke every couple of minutes. Like it was like something was going to happen, something like the place was going to explode if um, a joke wasn't said. And it kind of reminded me of a complaint people have about Marvel movies and a lot of other movies now that have been imitating Marvel movies where no drama, no emotional intensity is allowed to sit because you always have to have an obligatory joke undercut and everything. And they're ill-timed and inappropriate and oftentimes not even particularly funny. Like you would have been better off having no joke than uh, forcing in a bad joke that undercut the drama. Like you got all the 
bad parts of uh, putting a joke in at this moment, minus none of the good parts, because it wasn't even a funny joke. And I, and sometimes it would drive me crazy sometimes if I did podcasts with stand-up comedians, or sometimes I feel like, okay, you don't need to always cut the tension or cut the seriousness with the joke. Like, I'm sure the listeners are okay with an extra couple minutes of seriousness, you know? And that's something that kind of drives me nuts. And I feel like uh, Hassan Minaj shows like that. It was just, he'd be making great points about something. And then there'd be a really forced joke thrown in that called a lot of attention to itself because it was so incongruous. It had no type of good transition or national a natural segue to it, you know? Um, well, anyway, it turned out that he's been telling uh, a bunch of lies in his stand-up. And we're going to have some guests on talk about if that matters or not. But that'll be a later episode. Uh, I just wanted to give some previews, some topics that are coming up. Also some book reviews. But uh, Kenny's here. Let me let him into the room. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good, fine. Good. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say much. I was just talking about uh, topics that was going to have in the coming weeks. But uh, I was really trying to save the article for you guys because that Brickgate article. I just yeah. want to talk, talk a little bit of what we've been talking about, a little bit of the Abram Kendi stuff and just how um, the whole Black Lives Matter, BuzzFeed Black generation has just ruined everything. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, it was funny because I didn't even really recognize. And this is this is based on the conversation we were having offline. Mario brought it up. But when he brought up how when you when we watch movies, I'm yeah. starting to look for if certain people are in movies, I don't want to watch it. Yeah, because the, it's, it, these are people that's been were attached to, you know, this is that I guess you could say 2016 to 2021 era blacks, you know, what I mean, black people, BuzzFeed blacks. Like if yeah. I see Lakeith Stanfield in a movie, I'm not going to watch it. Wait, wait, wait. You know what? I think I might be able to play directly the message that you uh, <laughs> oh shit <laughs> yeah i think i can do it man i swear to god bro the same stuff you saying is literally how i sit on my couch and i go through movies on netflix hbo max tubi i look at the movie it, i don't even have look there's certain actors that i know if they're in a movie it's some bullshit if i see lakeith stansfield i know it's some <laughs> bullshit i know it's some woke bullshit if I see Daniel Kaluuya, whatever his name is, I know it's some bullshit. If I see Juicy Smollett's sister, I know it's some bullshit. Like, I don't even, bro, that movie, The Blackening, i never seen it. But I know it's bullshit based on who I saw on social media promoting it. I seen them promoting it. I said, oh, no, no, that's some bullshit. Could fucking be an Oscar winning fucking movie. I don't know. I'll never find out. You know why? Because I don't trust them niggas. I can't trust them, bro. <laughs> I can't trust them. Anybody that got popping at that time, to the, uh, 2016 to 2020, anything they touch, I won't watch it. Uh, what's the one brother name? Played in, uh, he played in uh, Luke Cage. He's in movies now. He was in, um, damn, what's that movie called? Moonlight. Anything he in? Don't fuck with it. Because he fooled me once with that shit. When they showed the previews for Moonlight, I thought this was some hood shit. I'm like, oh, okay. Man, that's bullshit. I said, oh, hell no, bro. I'm I'm the same exact way, bro. And you know what's sad? When I see the racist white motherfucker saying this shit inside my mind, I'll be like, yeah, yeah. But of course, they're going to go the extreme and say any black person, right? You know, I just wouldn't watch the, uh, Equalizer with Denzel, the latest one. Good ass movie. I liked it. But it wasn't none of that bullshit. I know D I know Denzel's not going to be part of none of that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? But I can't trust 
uh, before he died, Michael K. Williams. I couldn't trust him. After I saw him in Lovecraft Country, bro, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I can't fuck with you now. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of actors and actresses, bro. When I see the when I see who's in it, I don't even touch it, bro. I I, I can't because I know what's coming. When I when I went and seen uh, Insidious, The Red Door, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, but there's a black girl in the movie. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When she showed up, I was like... She about to be fucking with the white dude. She about to save all the white people like she they mammy. You know what I'm saying? Like I, it, it entered my mind. I was I was waiting. I'm like I better not see that this motherfucker better not. Okay, and she wasn't. She was cool. You know what I'm saying? But she still had that suburban black Twitter Buzzfeed black hairdo, little frumpy looking girl, and you know she just ah. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I, 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 I'm sorry, man, but I'm there now. You know what I'm saying? I'm there. It's gonna take. It's gonna take another generation, or maybe a half of a generation, for us to get that out of our minds, bro. Because they really fucked up everybody to the point. You know, everybody got somebody that's in their family, whatever. That you detest these motherfuckers. You can't stand that relative. Like when you see them, you rather cross the street. That's how I feel about these niggas, bro. They poison my mind because I hate these motherfuckers so much because they're so annoying, so narcissistic, narcissistic, and just all that bullshit. All the bullshit that they claim that we are, this is who they are, man. Victim bullies. They're just pieces of garbage. You know what I'm saying? And that's what probably has fueled me the reason why I be going so hard on Deion Sanders because them niggas done latched on to this shit. And in my mind, I'm like, nigga, y'all motherfuckers don't even watch football. Y'all don't even watch college football. Now you bring this woke shit to college football? Man, fuck that shit. That's that's where I'm at now, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the Blackening trailer? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, dude, that thing is so unfunny like i think it's crickets unfunny but on um twitter they were replying and on youtube they're replying like it was the funniest thing on earth and oh yeah i don't think they're lying like i don't think oh no 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 they're serious yeah i used to think they were pretending to think it was funny but now i kind of realize um that they don't think they think it's funny but they don't know what funny is they think funny means because what's become funny in the last, oh man, the last seven to eight years has become like Drewski, Country Wayne. Uh, what's the other one name? It's Country Wayne, Desi Banks. That's what's what? become funny to a lot of these people in, in their in that sphere of social media online stuff. And it's really um haha Davis. You know, that stuff has become what comedy is. And also, not just that. A lot of the those actors in those shows, and you remember shows like The Bust Down, and that's yeah. the kind of stuff that they also was all cackling about, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just a funny, like it was coming to America, or like it was, you know, Martin, or you know what I'm saying? And it's like, bro, at, but I was with you. At first, I was like, man, y'all just putting on because y'all trying to kiss ass, and nah, bro, they really do believe that shit's funny. The, what's that girl, the, the Black Girl Sketch show? What is it called? Oh, yeah, but, but no. This is this is where I've changed, right? I'm talking on a broader, like, meta level. Like, I think they don't understand what it means to find something funny. Like, I right. think, like, um, there's like this popular thing that, you know, stone people would say in college and stuff. And they all think it's the most profound thing when they first get high. But 
every person who's ever gotten high has thought this thought, which is, uh, you know, like people would get high and someone would say, you know what? I wonder if what I see when I see the color blue is what you see when you see the color blue. Oh, and, yeah. That's that high talk. <laughs> yeah. It's that high yeah. talk. But yeah. it, it does have a certain amount of sense to it, as in like when two people are talking about something, you don't really know if they're both talking about the same thing, even if they're using the same word. Right. So, so I think they have a whole different, qualitatively different idea of what funny is. Like to us, funny is that it make me laugh almost against my will. Like I couldn't not laugh because it was so, so funny. And you know, a perfect example was uh, I saw the other day, I forgot this clip, but it was um, uh, GT, GTD got the drawers, you know. Oh, with, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember when I first saw that on Martin, it's the scene where um, they're Martin in court. Is, yeah, they're in court, and Martin is cross examining Tommy, and uh, uh, it ends up with uh, Martin. What does GTD say, mean? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy didn't want to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I, actually, you know, let me see if I can find it because I think I could play it into the. Uh, into the uh, there's certain that we were just talking about that online. Like there's certain episodes of Martin where it's not that the episode is funny; it's the people that it's hard to explain. So perfect example is when he had uh, pops from the Wayne Show on there. Yeah, and he played his uncle, and remember he had the cousin that was dressed. He dressed like Eddie Murphy from The Golden Child. Oh yeah, that was remember uh, that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he was a thief. He was always trying to steal shit. Yeah, and Martin had to keep him out of his bedroom like that, that. I think when you when you're talking about comedy and you have to flesh out comedy, I blame Dave Chappelle and the Chappelle Show because a lot of that high comedy was in Chappelle Show. You know what I'm saying? It was a lot of that high comedy where you're like, okay, that's funny, but you know, there's. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't funny. There was stuff that was was fucking dead fall on the ground funny. But a lot of it was like that high funny, like when you watched uh Half Baked or Super Trooper. I'm gonna like that's a different yeah, brand yeah. of comedy. I'm gonna tell you exactly what the problem is, I think, with the Chappelle show stuff, right? And the high comedy. To me, I think the problem with a lot of that stuff is it has enough broad strokes to it that people who aren't funny can just imitate that. Yeah. So yep. so so for example, like Chappelle show had the high shit to it, but it still had jokes. It was funny. Yeah. yeah. But people yeah. who want to rip off Chappelle would just try to do the high stuff and hope that because it felt similar to Chappelle, people wouldn't um like okay, I'm I'm gonna play I'm gonna play the play the play the got the draw stuff because I feel like okay. it's okay. it's good to illustrate the kind of thing we're talking about. And what's funny is I don't remember what, what even the court case was about, but what's funny about this I forgot. Has nothing to do with what um, they're in court for. Right, 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 right. Where were you on the 15th? I was with you, Madlock. <laughs> That's very funny, Hetty Murphy. <laughs> Just tell the jury that I did not run that stop sign. I, I don't I don't know what you were doing. I was looking for a number in my address book. You have an address book, man. See it? Yeah, please. We, we, we're pressed for time, please. Mm. Exhibit A. Mm. Ah. Let's see what you got in. Uh, Chip, Ernest, Craig, Tito, Jermaine. Got a lot of brothers up in your book, Doc. I mean, don't you know some women? 
Uh-huh. Shut up, Martin. There's plenty of women's names in there. Okay. You're right. Right here. Here's one. Claudine. GTD. What does GTD stand for? I've asked a question. What does GTD stand for? I answered your question. Man, you are in a court of law. There are a lot of people in here. We can't hear you. Your honor, you're going to have to make them speak up. What does GTD stand for? Controls, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then people can't see. He pulls out the pair of underwear from his uh coat pocket. Right, <laughs> right, right. Running around the, the courtroom showing it. <laughs> and the whole courtroom like erupts it. The jury's dancing, everyone's going crazy. And it's so stupid. <laughs> it's so funny. And even the bailiff starts uh dancing. <laughs> Man, that was the, one of the most funniest episodes. That I mean, it, you just don't see stuff like that. Like that yeah. type of stuff is not. And I get it. I mean, I, and I've said this to people. Like, there's certain episodes of Martin. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, they wouldn't be able to put that on TV. Oh no, no. no first off, but this is a perfect example, right? Because to me, the the judgment of if something is funny is if it makes you laugh involuntarily, like that laugh that comes right. from your gut. And yes, yes. I think a lot of these people don't actually ever laugh like that i think no. there's a certain amount of social intelligence it takes to um for a joke to both make a joke make a good joke and actually understand and laugh at a good joke and these people are so fundamentally humorless yeah. they don't actually involuntarily laugh at anything like like they have to sit there um do you want know to compare them to um you ever watch a show dexter Oh, a long time ago, yeah. Remember Dexter, because he was a sociopath, he didn't understand how um, emotions worked. Right. So, like, his sister would hug him, and he's like, what am I supposed to do now? Uh, you know, and he hug her back. And he didn't actually have normal feelings like other people, but he would study people and be like, okay, when somebody does this, I'm supposed to do that. When somebody right. laughs, I guess this is what people have conversations. Like, it's almost like a robot. I think right. people are like that. They're like, because it's so humorless and because I don't know if it's like a type of autism or sociopathy or narcissism, but some kind of empathy chip is gone or something's some kind of social intelligence chip is gone. They need context clues to understand what a joke is. Yeah. So like, um, well, they, like they can't when they take it, when they hear a joke, a lot of these people, what they do, because they're so used to, you know, um, victim bullying people like they got to make sure that the joke is okay to laugh at because they're worried that they're going to offend someone or it might be if it's not something that they want to be a part of because if it's a joke about fat people if it's a joke about handicapped people if it's a joke about gay people if it's a joke about women if it's a joke about whatever they have to jump on they have to choose a side they can't just laugh like funny is funny oh you know yeah 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 i totally agree but i think what you're saying ties into what i'm saying in that yeah. if if they had a functioning humor chip they wouldn't be able to be like that 24 7 because there's times right. where even if you think something's fucked up, if it's funny enough, <laughs> it's still funny. <laughs> you laugh. Yeah, exactly. And, and I forgot what it was, but I remember I was remembering like a racist joke. That was like I knew the joke was fucked up. Oh, I remember what it was. I was watching a show called um, "The Life and Times of Tim," mm -hmm. and I couldn't recommend it to people because it had a racist character in it. Oh yeah, you know, like where uh, it, there's a black woman prostitute, and it's a cartoon, and it's clear that a white guy is. Um, it's clear that a white guy is um, doing the voice. And it was yeah. in the 2000s when political incorrectness was like allowed. And I'm like, oh, this is fucked up. You know, like this is kind of fucked up that the black, the white guy is playing like a black prostitute. And he's 
putting on like the sassy black accent. Oh like, yeah. I'm like, it's a shame I can't recommend this to people because this part is kind of like a deal breaker, but it's fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The, yeah. the job he does. And even if you listen to old Amos and Andy, oh yeah. Amos and Andy, the old Amos and Andy is comedic genius. It's just racist as hell. Like, you yeah. know, like like it's it's enraging and it shouldn't uh you know it's it's uh it's harmful and all this, but I can admit that it's just talent in that comedic writing. Like, yeah, yeah, it is exactly good comedic writing. But um, if you have no um humor chip, it makes it easier to just focus on if it feels good. The negative, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 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 like the the positive, like you know, like if if you have no functioning humor chip and you know you don't ever actually genuinely gut laugh at anything you know uh then you can watch the thing chronically unfunny and it makes you feel good so i think they need context clues like what happens this is what they do they're like okay um this person spoke like this and everybody laughed Mm -hmm. so if i speak like this with the sound of a joke, with the cadence of a joke, and I say something like nice and affirming, that must be what funny is. So they'll just say something like, you know, um, uh, what, what, what's that in these kind of people like? Um, um, going to the protest or something. It's like, you know, you know, I went to a protest and y'all not going to believe this. Some white woman tried to touch my hair and it's it sounds like a joke, the inflections. There's yeah. no actual humor there, but because they don't know what, what makes a joke work, they're like, I think I just made a joke. Like the way my voice went up at the end and the face I made and whatever. And something that made me feel good. Like, like that's a joke, right? And their audience is full of people like them. So right. like I, I think that's a joke. Um, I'm gonna fake laugh too. <laughs> like, you know, and and I think that's that's the problem. Like they're they're like Dexter, like they don't know what uh how to human. You yeah, know, and these, and all- these people also they got used to being able to get away with bad comedy. So now yeah. it's so bad that nobody wants to see or hear it anymore and they don't know how to act. You know what I mean? It's just bad. And they can't they don't know how to fix it either. Because, because first, they don't want to listen to anybody. Because... Well, they can't, you, well, you can't fix it because it's bad. You know, this yeah. is the thing about comedians, and you hear comedians talk about this all the time. Um, good comedians talk about bad comedians all the time. You know, in like yeah. interviews or, you know, amongst each other. Um, if you're a bad comedian, you're not supposed to be a comedian. It's just that simple. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there is no fixing it because you're never going to be funny. You're never going to be a comedian. That's why that big to-do, I know you remember this in the early 2000s when Joe Rogan was getting into it with Carlos Mencia. Yeah. When he got on stage and aired him out and and Joe Rogan talked about how um, he got banned from the comedy store for doing that because at the time, you know, the comedy store is owned by Pauly Shore's mom. Yeah. So they banned him from the comedy store and it wasn't because what he did was wrong. It's just that at the time he was selling. Carlos Mencia was selling. Yeah, he was And eventually we see what happened to him. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. But Carlos Mencia was like stealing jokes. Oh, yeah. In a way, even Carlos Mencia was better than these people because he was at least able to recognize a good joke. Yeah. Even if he was kind of a hack himself. He knew he knew to steal a good joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These people, I don't think they actually, I think they literally just don't understand what is happening. Like, like, like the same way a sociopath goes to a funeral and sees people crying. I remember I saw this interview a sociopath on YouTube and the person was like, uh, they trying to ask, what is it like to be you? He's like, yeah, you know, like I go to a funeral and I see everybody sad. I'm like, I don't get it. Why is everybody sad? Like, what's the big yeah. deal? But Damn. I know to act sad because I see how everyone else is acting. But I, I don't, it doesn't compute to me to be sad about 
um, things that normal people are sad about. Like it's like it's, a foreign language insane. to me. I think that's what they are with humor. They're like, they see people laughing and it's like, hey, because I'm uh, so narcissistic and com- compulsively self-centering, I want that adulation because they, they like, a narcissistic supply and seeing the control that a comedian has over the audience's emotion that appeals to them, like to their yeah. sense of uh, constant need for affirmation. They're like, I would love to just say something, get that much instant approval, but I don't understand what's happening right here. Well, I don't see, understand and that's what they were. That's what they were able from. to do. That's this is what they yeah. were able to do because in that time, at that time, they were allowed to pretty much victim bully and pretty much yeah. get in everybody's way and snatch spotlights that they really didn't deserve. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I, I think what helped them is they had enough people like them through the internet yeah. to create an audience because yep. Yep. Um, if yep. you're that kind of person that has no idea what makes a joke funny and you're on stage, but you can feel the audience and you're still willing like you. to go up there. You know how insane that is? <laughs> yeah, but if you can feel the audience of people like you who also don't know what funny is, now, <laughs> now you can tweet and do unfunny stuff and they'll all be in your replies like with 50 smiling emojis this is the my long-winded way of building up to your thing about all the unfunny people these people like i think they don't even they're not even faking it as in oh this is unfunny uh but i'm gonna pretend it's funny to them they think it's funny but to them think it's funny not because they're laughing but to them funny means okay I feel seen watching this. Yes. I feel represented. Yes. I feel affirmed. It has nothing to do with the comedy. Yeah. And this is in the cadence and setup of a joke. So I know this is comedy. So, you know, so when he's someone like, oh, wait, I know that sound. That's the cadence of a joke. I'm hearing a joke. Yeah. Okay. So this is a joke. I can like these context clues. Okay. Somebody's on a stage. Okay. They're making a funny face. Okay. This is a joke. And it makes you feel good. This is this is funny. And they just, you know, type of smiley face. Like I, like, I don't think they ever actually really laugh. I, I would be surprised if you sat in with them in a room uh, while they're watching Black Lady Sketch Show. I feel like with a totally stoic face and a totally serious face, they're sitting on their phones typing laughing emojis. Like, like I, I just picture them typing endless laughing emojis with the most straight face expression. Like that's, mm-hmm. them, that's laughing. That's a... Uh, They've never. Yeah, it was. It was never. It was never about actually being funny, or uh, it was the simple fact that the same way they Christopher Columbus all these different TV shows and victim bully people to become showrunners and all. It was the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So what they would do is, if you said they weren't funny, oh, you just because you hate women. Yeah, but 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 you know what I think they did that. See, Dexter at least knows he has a deficiency. Yeah, and he knows that he's not feeling something other people feel. I think, and you might disagree. I might be wrong. I think these people think everybody processes comedy the way they do so oh, no i agree <laughs> yeah yeah like i, don't I definitely think they believe they think that. that yeah you know like i don't think they realize that what they see when they see the color blue is not what everyone else sees when they see the color blue i think they think everybody is just fake laughing at just whatever sounds like a joke and affirms them so so to them no you're absolutely right yeah so to them, i think they really do believe that um people only hate things because they're racist or whatever because yep. they only like it because it's uh of, of the identity of what's in, what's involved or exactly. if it affirms them yeah yeah so that's the only I reason why they do it yeah that's the only reason why why they do it they think everybody thinks and acts uh like them they think anybody who's ever found anything funny did it because it was in the format of a joke and it made them feel uh 
represented and and affirmed. Yeah. So like, yeah, that that's that's the only way, you know, that that's how they study comedy. Like they study like, okay, what's the timing of how the joke's supposed to go? What are the actual you know steps to a joke? Like, you know, okay, setup, punchline, punch timing, right, face. Right. Okay, now let me just draw in my TED talk shit into here. You know, yep. <laughs> just throw in my yep. uh yep. affirmation stuff and my, you know, and that's yeah, it's it's um it's awful. But I think uh that's that's like like humor now. They don't really understand that why other people experience jokes is not how they experience jokes. You know, it's I don't um, even think they care. Yeah, I don't think they care. I don't think they care. They found either. they found they they what they did was they found a way to get control of the microphone. The microphone was social media, whether it was what you named the social media app, it didn't really make a difference. They found a way to get control of the of social media. And what they did was they used it to get all the attention, not just some of it. They wanted it all. You know, it's one thing if, you know, if you got your little thing going on, if you started your little show or whatever, that's one thing. But it, that's not enough. They got to have it all. And if you don't let them have it all, there's something wrong with you. Did you ever hear um, Bill Burr talk about um, what he called alternative comedy, like basically hipster comics? No. <laughs> versus club comics? Um I don't think this crowd perfectly overlaps with what we're talking about today, but I think it was the prototype or the early, you know, um, the early type that I think a lot of uh, now you have a lot of black uh, alternative comics. And I feel like it's like doing comedy on easy mode, you know, like you just, uh, do it in front of a bunch of other hipsters. Mm-hmm. They never close out the show at the end of the night, you know, like like they don't go in a group of uh, crazy, unpredictable, rabid drunks and, you know, um, just try to make them laugh. They go and, you know, try to find a um, group that is a bunch of hipsters like them who also don't know what's funny. They just want to be, you know, affirmed and be in a safe space. And but 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 listen, listen to this. I thought it was very good. It's it's a little bit long, but uh it's worth playing. It's it's from eleven years ago. Okay. And this this debate between alt alt comics and club comics is kind of over. And I think in a way the alt comics kind of won, but I got a feeling it's gonna go back the other way because people are sick of making no money. And it's like I feel like a lot of this unfunny stuff, it gets tweets. It gets a lot of New York Magazine write-ups and media write-ups because I think a lot of those people are humor impaired as well. But it's just not moving tickets and seats and has no enthusiasm. Like, for example, yeah. stuff like um, Abbott Elementary. Like, I think people like that show because it makes them feel good. Yeah. I don't believe anybody has a sincere gut laugh at that show. That show is just not funny. Uh, no. But uh, hold on. Here we go. Can nerd, was there a point? Oh, yeah, I was reading about this fucking nerd, which, by the way, people, can 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 nerds go back to being beaten for no fucking reason at all? <laughs> you know, I, I really can't wait for the backlash on nerds. I've had it with them. I've had it with them embracing the fact that they're awkward to, to the point of pretending to be awkward, even when you're not, and just coming up to you and be, hey, I'm awkward, and then leaving all the pressure of the conversation on you. You know, fucking 30, 35 years old, walking around, acting like some 14-year-old on his first date. You know what? Somebody has that this week. Where the hell is it? The overrated, underrated for the weeks. Uh, overrated dorks. They're taking over and they haven't even done anything cool to earn it. Fuck the office. Dude, I got to be honest with you. I've been saying that for fucking years. My girl loves that show, The Office. All right. And I can't fucking watch it. All right. It's like, can somebody on that show be like, be aware of what they're saying when they're saying it instead of like 
afterwards, immediately afterwards, you know, I, I, I did like their cartoons fucking every goddamn one of those fucking shows. I, I can't, I can't get into the shit. I can't get into the shit because I'm going to start trashing shit. And then you can think straight across the board that I don't fucking like anybody in the alt scene. That's not fucking true. But I think, I think the alternative comedy scene is like the hair metal scene in late 1989. All right. We're about a year away before Nevermind's going to come out. And they're all going to be scurrying. And I'm he was so wrong about that. It lasted. Yeah, he is. It just got. It just got worse. It, it's. I. I wish that he was right and that he was at the tail end of it. Uh, but no. Wait, because I'm just an old cunty redhead. <laughs> no, I resent. I actually on. I. I do resent the the alternative scene for for one reason only, and that's because that scene created. A, a situation that it basically distilled all of the horror out of attempting to be a comedian. That's what I don't like about it. Okay. No heckling, no drunks, no obnoxious behavior, no aggressiveness from the every, every fucking reason that it takes balls to be a comedian. Every fucking reason why people who wanted to be a comic but never fucking did it, you've removed from that situation and you've just created like this fucking comedy womb. You know, it, this is what I mean when I say like, it's like comedy on easy mode. Like I can do mm -hmm. comedy, but I don't actually have to make you laugh. If I just yeah. have no no laugh track and a shaky cam, so that I can remind you of the office, and I have someone just keep looking at the camera after each, you know, like supposedly these shows are supposed to be uh, elevated or whatever because they have no laugh track or whatever, so they're better than a regular sitcom. But that scene they keep putting after every supposed joke to let you know when to laugh which is a character looks directly at the camera that's right. the same as a fucking laugh track that's the exact it's the same, same shit. thing yeah, yeah it's in, instead of you putting a laugh track to make me laugh you just have someone um telegraph that's supposed to be a joke except the difference is at least the old laugh track shit it was still a fucking funny joke they just put the laugh track to punctuate it like what this person is looking at the screen about is just cringe it's not actually funny it's just something that's uh awkward and stuff um also by the way you don't have to be quiet through the whole thing if you want to uh interrupt at any point just start talking and i'll i'll pause it oh yeah no doubt no. oh and, and on the top of that it's like you're performing to just this this it's like a radio station it's not even a crowd it's like what like a fucking radio station i only perform to hipsters ages 18 to 24 who wears skinny fucking loose jeans and have black frame glasses. It's like, and then if they have to go down to a fucking comedy club, when their jokes don't go over, they, they act like the, the crowd is dumb rather than no, you, you're like a specialist. You're like that guy who plays on the football team and only goes out is you're like the long snapper. You know what I mean? No, he's absolutely right. You and you know what's funny? How long ago did you do this? You turn 12 around. years ago? Yeah, years it was like 12 ago. years ago. So what's funny is that uh, that mindset of these type of comedians, it just bled over into others, other, you know, parts of society. Because um, that's that was normally like white people. That was yeah, doing and, that. and you know, black people are always uh, chasing what white people are doing. So yeah. they have black hipsters. Like, you know, yep. all these black yep. people who are the black comedians and artists now are the black people who run after the white hipsters. Yeah. So I was just about to say now it. you got black people doing it. Yeah, yeah. And and he was what he was describing was before the term was popular, but uh the safe space, the comedy room they're in or the audience that they're chasing is like a safe space. Like the Twitter followers. Yeah. The um you know 
a bunch of people in the in the club that they invited who are friends of theirs from Twitter. They'll tweet out, hey, guys, you know, uh, come to my comedy show tonight. Or, you know, they work during the day as a barista or something and they let everybody at the coffee shop know they're doing a comedy set. So it's like a very again, like it's, it's on it's on easy mode and um, they would not want to be in a room that wasn't uh, rigged like like the thrill of, you know, fighting total strangers and winning it's the same way they do politics like like mm-hmm. the idea of actually having to change somebody's mind as opposed to just uh either victim bullying or preaching to the choir uh right yeah it doesn't it doesn't appeal to them to actually have to win over somebody and persuade them well, uh, well basically it's they don't want to have to put the work in man yeah like exactly. you know all all the all comedians uh even eddie murphy talked about bombing they've all yeah. bombed you know what I'm saying? Their bomb stories are hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or it's not that they bombed. It's just that they were so wild. People were like, what the hell? Like Eddie Murphy talks about when he was he started doing comedy, he was 15 years old and he was doing it in grown like bars. Yeah. And he said some sometimes he would be so over the top that the, the club owner would have to tell him, hey, kid, you're doing too much. Come back next week. Like, we're not saying you're not funny. You're just doing way too much for a person your age. You're crazy. But a, a lot of times, too, when they bombed in the stories, they would admit that it was their fault. Like I It was their own that fault. Back. Yeah. And that they yeah. got better. But these people, there's never this idea that I could have been wrong and right. the rabble could have been right and I had to improve. The problem is always everyone else. So the room was too racist, sexist, drunk, right. misogynistic to, or homophobic or whatever, or, or you know, to appreciate me. But I'm right. going to say doing the same dumb jokes. Right. No matter what. They're going to keep doing and saying the same thing over and over again. They remind me of, like, I remember there was a clip of... Uh, Paul Mooney, this is an old clip. I don't even know if you can find it on YouTube, but he's telling a joke. And, you know, talk, Paul Mooney's going to talk about race. That's what he does. You know what yeah. I mean? And the shit he was saying was funny, but it was it was funny. And you were, but it also made you like, oh, shit, that's kind of fucked up to say that. And this, yeah. you can see this couple in the front row just get up and leave. And yeah. while, they're le- while they're leaving, Paul Mooney is going in. Like, it's hilarious. The crowd is just falling. It's like a deaf comedy gym. They're falling all over the place and shit. You know what I mean? Like, that type of stuff. See, those are the people that are doing comedy now. You know what I mean? They would normally be in the front row. But if you say anything bad about me, ooh, it's like you stuck me with a safety pin. You know what I mean? You're pinching me. Like, nah, it's just comedy. You know what I mean? So, I mean, but we even, I remember seeing, um, I think it was Bernie Mac. It was somebody talking about even with Def Comedy Jam, they had to separate themselves from the comics that would come up there and say, oh, what's up? We got white people in the house. And then talk about dick, pussy, and, you know, just yeah. do the same old stuff. So even those comics, the, the the great comics had to separate themselves from them because they knew what the routine was. They're like, oh, no, that's not funny. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just not funny anymore. You know, that was good in 1990, you know, but not anymore. It was good for the Uptown Comedy Club, but it ain't funny anymore. And but people like, you know, used to be able to take um, critique and, you know, come back and get better. Like this idea of working on your craft. But now people feel like they're entitled to uh, to your last. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I'm entitled to these laughs. And if I don't get them, uh, you know, that's violence and that's, uh, you know, bigotry or whatever. And I'm just going to find a different room. So yeah. I find a room. I'm going to go where I'm appreciated. And they end up in a room full of uh, other humor impaired people. And that's why, you know, they eventually. <laughs> humor impaired. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's humor impaired people. They um, get elevated to the big leagues. And then like, OK, like, 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 like um, if you ever look at that viral stuff, 
that um got the Abbott Elementary girl put on. Oh yeah, none I remember it, that. No, oh, he got funny. money or whatever. He got man. money, like, and yeah. everyone's laughing at it because it was on BuzzFeed. Those like BuzzFeed people, they don't know what's funny. They they, yeah. they don't understand. None of them, I think, really got laughed at that. They just, you know, they just perform all the time. Whoever, what they think they're supposed to do, what they're supposed yeah. to feel like. This is what I'm supposed to like, you know. Yeah. And then, um, you know, she got amplified like like a plant you know like she, she's like an industry plant basically and then yeah, and the, she did that years before she um that was like years before uh she got on that show yeah she's very good at going viral and she was she she was one of the original black lady sketch show people oh i didn't know that yeah she won the original four black lady sketch show which is not funny that show is just not funny at all and when i heard she got a network show that was doing well i was like oh that's interesting because god knows nothing not, not a single sketch on black lady sketch show is funny yeah, it's not funny at all but when i was like damn she's doing a show on network tv then you can fake network tv that can fake um like, like you can fake streaming you know like you can't have a three hundred thousand viewer show on netflix on network tv or like you know one million viewer so i'm like this thing has a second season it's critically acclaimed so i watched it it was so unfunny it was just that same office shit that bill burr was talking about where it's yep. just about being awkward and cringe and just awkward pauses and it's not actual jokes it's just like you know people being awkward but it was even worse than the office at least the office at least was willing to be a little negative but this was um it was all like the tropes of the office but with even less edge it was a totally wholesome affirming feel-good schmaltz and then i was like how is the show doing so well and then i looked at the ratings and the ratings weren't good they were like under a million which is horrible for network tv right, and it's kind of right. like i feel like they keep giving these people uh layups or like letting them play you made a great description once of how like a lot of the art or writing these people are made to do is the equivalent of your little brother's annoying you when you take a video game <laughs> you give him a controller that's not plugged in oh yeah and let him think he's doing a bunch of stuff like, like i felt like that i'm like <laughs> i'm like why is she allowed to just keep making this show right that, that's not getting these ratings and and all like the blabbity black types it's not on anymore, is it? No, it's still on. Oh, um, really? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. It's winning Emmys and doing all this stuff. But what's interesting is because of all the hype and Emmys, the ratings are going up. I think it breaks a million now regularly. Oh, but shit. The amount of promotion and hype and awards they had to build just to get to that million. A million is normally not that big a deal. No, in, it's uh, not. In network TV, on streaming. Well, you, can push a, the, you can push the goalpost now because then they'll say, well, people aren't even watching TV anymore. They're streaming everything. Well, that's the other thing uh, because TV ratings are lower. Like, like I was looking up, I didn't notice, but uh, New York on the cover, like that was considered like a low rated show. It is always on the verge oh, of yeah. uh, cancellation. Yep. I found out it got, used to get like 14 million people. <laughs> Oh, regularly, regularly. Yeah, that yeah. was a bad show back then. Oh like, yeah, they considered the that, that a bad show. The thing that helps too is that uh, the bar has been lowered enough that these people can kind of have a, a shot. Like these people could never do a fourteen million. Well, the reason why you know the thing about it is like with New York and the cover, the reason why they called it a bad show is because it was a black show. You know what I'm saying? It didn't matter what the ratings were. It was a black show, so they didn't want that on TV. It's, yeah. it's no different than when, uh, and you can find it on YouTube. There's a there's a video clip of Eddie Murphy on Arsenio Hall. Yeah, and he talk, they're talking about when he did Boomerang. That's how long ago this clip was. It's like 1992, and were, the people in the LA Times were just killing the movie, like how bad it is. And really, when you thought about it, the reason why they didn't like it because there's no white people in the movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, and the I movie think, did think, great. 
Yeah. Um, he spoke about it on Jay Leno too, uh, yeah. as as well. Yeah, it was pretty good. But but you know what's interesting too is um, there actually was borderline for a show back then. Um, uh, like th- like the, the amount of ratings it was getting, like uh, it was good enough to stay in the air, but also bad enough that you could be in danger of being canceled. Like like that yeah. was like you know the cusp and everything and and now like shows would like dream of that so i mean that mm-hmm. that helps too but i mean that show is just not funny i'm sorry it's, it's just it's not funny not, i mean it, it it feels good like i see people like it do you know what i figured out about that show i figured out what that show's secret is there used to be a type of show they don't have anymore called the feel-good drama it would be something like remember the show was like seventh heaven oh yeah seventh heaven uh uh, uh wonder years yeah, yeah. It, it's not technically a comedy. Remember the White Shadow? Remember the White Shadow or the yeah. Waltons or oh, Little yeah. House on the Prairie? Little or, House on the Prairie yeah. or Highway to Heaven? Like, yep, yep. they were all the Michael Landon shows. <laughs> yeah, they were dramas. They weren't comedies, but they were feel good dramas. They were meant to make you yeah. feel feel good. Like you know, there's a happy ending. They save the they save the the community center. Yeah, um, well, the, the garage burned down and they got the cat out. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, somebody lost lost the job and and uh the town raised money for their you know something like it's a wonderful life that's, that's a feel-good yeah. drama you know it's yeah. not a comedy yeah. um abbott elementary is a feel-good drama pretending to be a comedy like right. um there's there's no real laugh out loud jokes it's like if someone took a feel-good drama and then just put what was said in the cadence of a joke every couple of minutes uh you know even though you never laugh uh but if it tricks your brain into thinking because you listen to a bunch of things said in the cadence of a joke and at the end of it you felt good it it hijacks your brain but you think that you just saw comedy it's like okay well then and then there's there's always the the way that they i'll call it propaganda but the way that they also promote stuff yeah and so they also promote it like you're supposed to be watching it like it's a moral duty yes yes Yeah, so, so it's like you watch a half hour and you've heard stuff that was delivered in the cadence and style of a joke. And at the end of it, you feel good, but you really feel good because you saw the kids have a, a nice day and, you know, everybody hug or whatever. And you're like, wow, I think I just watched some really feel good comedy. You know, it's like, right. no, you know, you didn't. You just, no, you really didn't. <laughs> yeah, you just listened to something that was delivered like a joke and that made you feel good <laughs> at the end, but you didn't actually, you know, so, some jokes make you feel like shit when they're, when they're yeah. fun. They, like, they can be funny and they make you feel like shit. There's, you know, it's not necessary that makes you feel good about yourself after right right that's absolutely right yeah but Uh, that's the way that they i think it's more or less like these days they need the you know because back in the day if you saw a commercial for a show the commercial lasted maybe 20 seconds oh thursday night uh, or friday night uh, family matters so you saw the commercial whatever but they didn't have to drum it into your head that you're supposed to watch this so now they like i always tell people i tell people all the time now like even with nike if you think about it you don't see nike commercials when's the last time you saw a nike commercial yeah it's true you don't see nike commercials you don't see adidas commercials you don't see any of that what they do now is they use instagram so when you're scrolling they've they got it to where all your favorite celebrities are wearing a certain type of shoe they're gonna drum it into your head so now what they do now is with these shows oh such and such is gonna be featuring on beyonce is gonna be on there you know what I'm saying? It might just be her saying hi and closing in an elevator and the elevator closes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's, you know, they just and, and, and they they use the propaganda inter- a lot for that. And they use social media and memes uh to help to help as yeah. as well. But I mean, after all like the hype and everything they've been doing for that Abbott Elementary show, it's finally 
started like you know getting like you know a million plus ratings and ever but i got a feeling it's not gonna last i think a lot of people because they're feeling obligated or they're seeing the hype or they're seeing all these uh trusted institutions and people on social media telling them the show is good i think mm-hmm. they're gonna force themselves to watch it for a while and then eventually it's gonna be like i'm sorry this is just not not good it's i just, I just have the feeling you know that that's gonna that's gonna end up that's gonna end up happening people are just gonna yeah. be forced to uh but, but yeah, actually, well, no, people, people are already unplugging from everything anyway. You know what I mean? Like it's to the point to where there's a lot of stuff that people I don't even know if, it, if people even know that it exists. Like that's how bad television and uh, the way they produce shows and put shows on TV and story, uh, you know, writing, story making. It's just not good, even to the point of movies. You know what I mean? You know, me and Mario, big horror, horror fans. Yeah. We're not fans of horrors. I'm just saying. Uh, we're, we're big horror fans. They're shopping the uh, Nightmare, not Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Halloween, Michael Myers. They're shopping that for new. They just they just put out the so-called last one, but now they're going to shop it again. Like, you can't keep telling this story anymore, bro. They're going re- to reboot it again? Yeah. But That's crazy. You can't keep telling the same story. Michael Ma- Myers is almost 100 years old. That movie came out in 1979. Mm. That was 43, 44 years ago. You can't keep telling this story, bro. You can't. You got to give us something new. Stop with the reboots and start writing. If you're just not good enough, then maybe you don't need to be writing. Okay? It's that simple. Um, Oh, by the way, I just want to make clear. The rating numbers I gave are the live ratings. I think if you... um, Taking like the streaming and the DVR stuff, which I don't fully trust. Um, but I think that brings it up to like two or three million, but mm-hmm. I don't fully trust that stuff. I think they game a lot of that stuff, but um I do think it's not gonna be able to keep to keep it up. I, I just don't think there's that many people willing to pretend. I don't think there's that many BuzzFeed Blacks out there. They have to get the normies. I just can't see that many normies dealing with it that long. But I no. do I do think as a feel-good drama, it's not bad. Like, well, I mean, as, well yeah, no. yeah, it, no, It's just I, not I, funny. I it's just not funny. Yeah. I, I, I mean, when, I, when I was Twitter and when I was on Twitter, I was watching it and I was like live tweeting it. I was like, it is the show everyone told me to watch. But like, do y'all really find this funny? And I was that through like one episode or something. And they're like, oh, the people are getting mad at me, you know? And they were like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, look at me. I'm so cool. I'm live tweeting a show. I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm judging the whole show based on 15 minutes. So I'm like, wait a minute. So now we're saying that 15 minutes of a 30 minute show is not enough to tell something funny. <laughs> it's like, half over. Yeah, it's like half over. Like, like what, what, like drama, I get drama has to build to something. And if a show just starts, someone could argue, well, this is a season long story. You know, uh, you can't judge the whole season. You know, I can't judge all the Game of Thrones based on the first 15 minutes, but this is comedy. Like, there's been 20 jokes already. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's okay for, like, you can like the show, but make a case. Like, don't just try to make up shit as a make up fake metrics for, you know, to defend the show like that. Oh, no, you need to watch three episodes to see if it's funny or not. Like, a lab, that's what I'm saying. I don't think these people understand what humor is, you know, like, because you wouldn't say that if you process humor like normal people. You would know uh, humor is about, am I laughing or not? Not, you know, right. like you're clearly processing the humor with your head. Like, am I feeling good? Do I agree with the messaging? Is it positive? Is anybody smoking crack? No. Okay. That's <laughs> good. It must, it must be funny. Right. There's right. black people. No one's smoking crack. So this must be uh, like the mistake positive or affirming with, uh, you know, humorous. Um, 
Hold on, let's play a little more of this. Turn around and uh, you, you're blaming the fucking crowd. I don't know, dude. You said blaming I, the I, crowd. I, that's it's, that's it's, what we're just it, talking and about. And then on top of that, the amount of shots that over the fucking years that they've taken at Club Comics, like we're all a bunch of hacks over there, you know, talking about airplane food, like they're above us. And then every fucking time, oh, I got to talk to, I'm going to talk to Bobby Kelly about this shit on his podcast, hopefully this week, because we were talking about some of this shit. And anytime, then what happens is, right, then you go to do some benefit or you go to do some sort of fucking comedy festival, and then they put club comics and alt comics together. And what happens? All those fucking alt comics go on early. You know, one in particular is always fucking trading up. He can't go on early enough, despite the fact his face is all over the fucking posters. And then who's got to mop up in the end, two hours into the fucking show, a club comic, you know? Oh, those fucking alt comics, and they're all fucking nice to you on those shows. Hey, are you? I'm a real big fan of you fucking you. Really? Are you? Are you there nervous? Go on second, go on third, and then fucking run out with your book bag, you cunt. Oh, the floodgates have opened. I've had it. I've had it with fucking nerds. <laughs> I've, 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 I've fucking, I get it. Bill Burr is very it. descriptive. All right, you're into yeah. Comic Con. I get it. And if you're not into Comic Con, then you're fucking stupid. Is that basically what it is? Cheesecake, baby. It's the cheesecake. <laughs> Just for the record, the alt scene was started by Club Comics. All those guys, David Cross, Bob Odenkirk, Dana Gould, Mark Marin, Beasts, all of them. All of them. They could perform in, 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 in fucking uh, uh, in off-track betting and they could have a great set. <laughs> But inadvertently, I think, you know what they did? They're almost like rich people who have kids, you know, and they, they, they struggled up through all this shit, right? And then they just have these kids and their first car is like a Maserati and they wrap it around <laughs> the pole and there's like no That's ramifications. The truth. That's, yeah. That, that is my, my overall generalization of my problem that I have with the alt scene is, um, it's, it's like, uh, it's like stand-up comedy while wearing like training wheels, and you never take them off. Okay, Bill, we got it. You've you've made you've 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 made your your. You know what he what he described right there is similar to what we were describing. Remember, you were saying how um, Chappelle's show had that kind of stoner humor in the beginning. Oh yeah. Uh, but I think what he described with the original alt comics, where people like David Cross, Mark Mark uh, Mark Marin, those people, yeah. um, where. They were kind of alternative, but they still could do traditional comedy. Oh, yeah. Uh, but these new people just took the being the trappings like, hey, I'm going to wear glasses. I'm going to, uh, you know, talk about weird topics. But minus the the basic skills, I think that's similar to what, you know, we were describing with Dave Chappelle, where it's like, oh, you know, um, I want to do the, the stoner or weird stuff, but uh, I'm just going to do the trappings of it. I don't care about mm -hmm. actually, you know, just the basic craft of, of, uh, of of comedy, uh, he, here's one person. This this somebody who has a really good following on Twitter, and she's one of those people who always writes think pieces and is always uh, talking about feminist this and feminist that. And and her name is Ashley Ray, and she's always saying something on Twitter that's making people tell her to shut up. But she's got like <laughs> uh, those really that really type of annoying following that loves everything she says. Yeah, uh, she was one of those. They, they lie to her. <laughs> yeah, she, she was the one that was arguing with um, Jeremy O'Harris from Slave Play and and bashing. Oh, I remember it, but, her. Yeah. yeah, but somehow found She's a, a reason. showrunner or something like that, right? Uh, she she works in TV and stuff. I've never seen something her stuff. in TV. Yeah, but 
as usual with these tests, she found a way to hate slave play for the wrong reasons. Like, I remember I got excited, like, oh, wow, somebody's finally calling it out. And then I looked, I'm like, how on earth? This is the easiest thing to hate for the right reasons. <laughs> how on earth did you manage to fuck this up? She was like, this is not good. I remember you guys were going back and forth for a second. Wasn't it like some type of, you guys were debating or something for a minute? <laughs> yeah, because she was uh, saying, this is terrible. This hurts black women or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is good. Good for you. You know, and then she was like, this is who y'all should be listening to. This is a woman who does something worse. Does good does good slave plans. Like, wait, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, so, so basically, she was just mad that it was a black <laughs> man, and that's someone that she liked. That was yes. Being, and I was like, this 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 lady is the same shit. This lady is uh called the perverted negress, and oh she God. does all this uh race play that's really debasing. And she told a story once on a podcast about how she was doing all this um. Uh, racially charged race play to the point that it went so far. I remember trauma- that. I remember that. Her and she had a psych- psychotic break. Yes, I remember then, that. Yes. And then instead of taking away the lesson, hey, maybe this shit is not good for black people to do. She was like, then I learned about, you know, boundaries and communicating. But I'm like, bitch, you don't want to it. You just really need to be around these people so badly. You just will do yeah. anything. Like, you continue you to these- debase yourself. Yeah, you would never give black men that benefit of the doubt. If you had no. any type of thing like that with black men where they went too far and traumatized you, we'd be hearing about how black men don't respect boundaries at all. Look what they did oh, yeah. to me. It, but this white guy got so carried away in his race play that he made you have an out of a body intergenerational post-traumatic experience where he actually had a psychotic break and blacked out and everybody had to like um affirm her yeah affirm you and like and like uh hold you and you're crying and sobbing and i I, I was and i was arguing with this ashley ray girl i'm like i showed her all these things from this lady who where she said she loved slave play to play she met with jeremy harris He, he said it she said that he felt she felt that he channeled uh, the kind of stuff that she talks about and that they're a kindred spirit. And she's like, no, but it's different because, you know, as a black woman, this, that, I'm like, oh, God, you're actually worse than he is. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, at least he's consistent. He likes all the smut. You're just, you know, but in- anyway, um, I found out she did stand up comedy and her tweets are chronically unfunny. So I want to check it out and. Listen, this is a perfect example. Hey, this next comedian, very hilarious. You guys can catch on HBO Max. Start clapping right now for the Ashley Ray, y'all. When it comes to my face. Oh, my gosh. Hello. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. I I love L.A. personally. I'm so glad to be home. I was just in Boston this morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, look, I'm not going to lie to you because here's the thing about me. And you know what? I'm just going to get this is going to be intimate. This is going to be a this is a safe space. I'm deciding and I'm going to share something with you about me. I know that I have bad taste in men and bad mm-hmm. taste in general because I am attracted to Boston accents. Yeah, no, I like like real like thick. Like I don't I don't mean like your Harvard boys. OK, I mean, like your back bay, like your Quincy. I mean, like just like so thick, like your pocket. I'm not going to do the accent because that's appropriation. OK, you're not going to get me canceled today. Okay, but like, I just, oh my God, I like them so Boston. Like they just stopped saying the word faggot like two months ago because their daughter begged them. Like that's how Boston I like it. Like, okay, like, okay, I, um, I'm, I'm polyamorous, which is a word I'm not going to define in Los Angeles. I think you know what I, what I'm talking about. Okay. 
So like I'm polyamorous uh, and I actually reached a point I had an Italian Boston boyfriend and an Irish Boston boyfriend um, because I like to date a diverse range of scumbags is what that is. But no, it's 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 a perfectly fine place. But it, so you, a few of you have been there, sounds like. Have you, I'm going to ask this question. Have you ever noticed this? Have you ever noticed this about Boston? Have you ever noticed that Irish guys from Boston say nigger like this, but Italian guys from Boston say nigger like this? <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Hold that. on, bro. Hold on. Pause. <laughs> I was waiting. I wasn't going to say anything. I want to see what your breaking point was. <laughs> there is absolutely no way somebody let her go get on a stage and do this. Here's even crazier. She posted this herself. To me, this is bombing. Like <laughs> she's bombing. This. She's she's dying up there. No, no, but she thinks she's killing it because Wait. she posted this on her. This is look. This is her YouTube channel. She's dying. But you know what's crazy, right? She has a lot of followers on Twitter. She only has 236 YouTube subscribers. Yeah, because she's not funny. And then it's like, uh, you get the usual like laughing emojis in the comments. They're probably her friends. Probably, more than likely. Yeah. And then one person just said... Uh, her whole, her whole stand-up is, I date white men and I let them call me nigger. It's just tweets. It's like, just like tweets. That's, that's how Twitter they tweet. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So much as polyamory. Uh, it's like a checklist. Uh, date white guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, race play. Like you know, so you know, they call me uh, some some zaddy and this stuff. Is that, and this is that uh, frumpy light skinned chick. I, I remember. I remember who she is. Yeah, she she um got in trouble once for like you know. Oh, I mean, one thing she did, she was making fun of Gen Z, you know, as a millennial. And the Gen Zs were roasting her. <laughs> Talk about Harry Potter and how lame millennials are. <laughs> the Gen Zs were getting Man. in her ass for her. I, I dare you, I, I dare you as a millennial, make fun of Gen Z. no way. Wherever the fuck that was she the most is, not they let funny her get shit I've heard in my life. She, I, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, but the audience... The audience is a sympathetic audience and they're forcing it themselves. And and that's what Bill Burr was saying about they put the pressure on you to laugh. It's just someone who's unfunny <laughs> in, in, in personal interactions and they keep making dumb jokes and now, now I've got to politely laugh. And I stopped yeah. a couple of years ago. I stopped politely laughing. Like, um... <laughs> Like I don't politely laugh anymore when when something's not I'm, funny, you know. I I'm just let it gonna, die. I'm, I'm like, not gonna lie. Yeah, I felt bad for her for a second while yeah. I was listening to it until she got to the punchline. I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's how I was. I'm like, what? What man? Get your black ass off the stage! <laughs> I can't believe she posted this. Like, like this would make me quick comedy. Much, I, much less post it. I, be thought, on there. I, I, I wasn't looking at the screen. I thought mm-hmm. she was doing like, you know how Bill Burr does comedy, but it's like doing like a monologue. That's yeah, what I thought no this audience. was. I didn't think there was no audience until I just, I just, cl- I looked and there's people there. Yeah, that's, be- that's why I shared the screen. If you notice, I wasn't sharing the screen at first. And I'm like, no, I got to let them see this. You know why she's doing this, bro? I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. why she's doing it. The reason yeah, why she's do, doing do. this is for the know. same thing you, you were said, talking please about. Do. <laughs> <laughs> Help me make sense of this yeah, shit. Yeah, please. Yes. Break it down, reason. kid. <laughs> she's doing it for the same reason why you said earlier. She's not doing this because she thinks she's funny. She's doing this because she's in an era where she's allowed to pretty much just do whatever she wants. And if you say something, she's going to come up with some type of ad hominem or, or something to make you feel bad because you're not in favor of whatever the fuck she's doing. She's horrible. 
Yeah. She's terrible. Like, there's nothing funny. What did they say in the comments? Hold, scroll down, T. Oh, uh, someone said, said Denzel Denzel was going to see up. that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so someone said something uh, kind of rude. I'm not going to uh, repeat it. Uh, this is probably the only person to comment who's not her friend. Yeah, or, and or, look or how she Twitter. responded. Like, she, goes, she goes, thank you for watching. I'm sorry I don't want to sleep with you. You know, like, like, like there's never going to be any time where I've ever seen her anywhere just be like, you know what? Maybe there's something I could learn from this. Maybe the problem is me. She's going to find... Maybe I'm not funny. Yeah, she's going to find her tribe to affirm her. And they're going to, you know, be like, nah, girl, you, you're funny. You, guy, that person was just wanting to sleep with you. You know, like, thanks, girl. I'll, how do you I'm not... How do you have that level of like no self awareness, man? Yeah. Oh, dude, it's it's crazy. Like, um, I'm gonna play a little bit more, but not too much because I don't want to be cruel. But um, <laughs> yeah, respect my ears, T. Respect yeah, my ears. <laughs> there was this on Max during the pandemic. During the pandemic, my standards went into the toilet. Like I was watching anything, and this was. It, there were things that I liked during the pandemic. I tried to rewatch and I was like, damn, I must have been down bad to <laughs> think this was good. Like, what was I thinking? But this is something that was even unwatchable to me during the pandemic. Uh, Phoebe Robinson, one of the two dope queens, she had uh, a stand-up special. It's on, like, I think HBO Max or what, now they call it Max. If you ever get a chance, look at that one. I've never seen someone die in their own special that bad. Like, because in one of those specials, they have an audience cherry-picked for you. You know, they invite people, you can get a free show, it's going to be recorded. You know, here's like, you know, some perks, you know, um, and people are so happy to get a free show. And, you know, they usually like the person, whatever. It's like so easy mode, you know, like um, people that are just primed to already laugh because they're just happy to be watching this thing be recorded, whatever. And in the beginning, they're trying polite laughter, but it's an hour. They can't keep it up. They're like, oh, fuck, man, come on. I can't do an hour of this. Like, like by the end, it's just crickets. And they aired it. I'm like, I thought they would at least put some fake laughter in there, like in, in post or edit. But somehow they just aired it just as it is. And she was on her Twitter promoting the thing. And I'm like, are these? And this is why I started building my theory that these people are actually lack of social intelligence, like Dexter. Like, they actually can't tell. They're so humor impaired. They can't tell when they bomb. They can't tell. Yeah. They, can't, they can't even read an audience anymore. You know, like they're, they, this is why I think they're not even lying because if you knew what funny was, you would not even post this. You would just realize you bombed. And I wonder if this is what online brain kind of does to you though. Like absolutely. Maybe yes. she's funny in her circle or, you know, online with her little group of, of followers or whatever. But then, you know, she says, okay, you know what? I'm going to go out in the real world and try this. They gassed her up <laughs> and then she bombed. You know what I'm saying? Told you like, do that is not your friend. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. I don't think she's funny with them either. I just think that they're, they have the same impairment she does. So they oh, can't damn. be trusted. I think she's just as unfunny with them, but she's created a bubble. She's filtered out anyone who doesn't, because these people block anybody who doesn't affirm them. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so it's like, she probably just has a bunch of people like her. First off, they all want to do the same thing that she's doing. Uh, so they're all probably, you know, trying to get into comedy themselves. So it's like a prayer circle, you know, they're just, uh, it's an affirmation <laughs> circle. It's an affirmation circle, you know? Right. They don't, it, it's not, it's not iron sharpening iron. It's just a bunch of people, you know, um, it's marshmallow softening marshmallow. They're just, you know, weakening each other and encouraging their worst tendencies because none of them want to improve, you know? Um, 
hold hold on, pay just a little bit more. It's a joke about how Boston's racist. No, I'm so I'm happy to be back in LA. I oh my gosh, you guys, I have been dealing with like a pretty horrible roommate situation in my life the past couple of months. And it's just it's made me think so much about like what white privileges and what white women can do with it. You know, like I always this is knew SJW that there was like a level of crazy white woman oh, that I hadn't God. yet experienced. But then I lived with like one of those white women where like you have to go make sure she turned the oven off after she goes to work. What's that do with being white? Even though she's a grown woman. Like, okay, I'm sorry. I've known people of all races and genders who I do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I worry about I did leaving it a the couple oven days off. ago. Yeah, like, but this is safe. This is Twitter comedy. It's safe to make fun of white women. So, bro, before I leave the house, I come back like two times to make yeah. sure I didn't leave my shit on. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, she just putting the white woman in there just to get the easy laugh because it's because it's cool. You know, the white women there are gonna laugh extra hard because that makes them feel cool. Like, hey, I can laugh at myself. Uh, don't call me racist. You know, does this make up for my for my parents, you know, like that. And, you know, the, the black people in the audience just like fake hating white women, you know? That's really all it boils down to. You fake hate white women, but you live with one. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's all, bro. That's what it's always going to be. You, you, that, that's, oh, they man. Fake, they fake, they so fake hate white people. It's like the, yeah. the, the dumbest act. Nobody believes it. No. Like one of those white women where you have to like, after they leave, you have to go make sure they actually lock the door, you know? You guys familiar? No, you none of you have ever had to experience. Okay, so I'm reporting new news to you. Okay, okay. I Okay, I'm telling you about a new... If you, you wonder what's crazy? I'm stop there. There's nine minutes left. That was only like the Holy first Holy fucking shit. She got 12 minutes of... Oh my God, dude. See, this was the beauty of shows like Showtime at the Apollo and the Sandman. Sandman, get your ass out of there. Yeah, she needs somebody yeah. to yank her. Like, baby girl, this ain't this ain't it. The audiences are just too polite. They don't throw tomatoes and lettuce anymore. None of that. You know, you look at who's in the crowd. It looks like a bunch of hipster white people in the front row. Yeah, that's exactly what uh, Bill Burr was talking about. Yeah, that, that they play on easy mode. They feel the uh, audience for the hipsters. But you know how bad it is for even these people not to laugh. Like even they're like the six <laughs> drink minimum. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If even they're not laughing, and and these people look like some of the most driest people on earth, if oh, anybody yeah. would would pretend this was funny, it would be them. Even they don't have the energy. You're like, listen, man, I I can't help. It's you. funny how um I was watching this interview with Von DiCarlo, who is uh what's his name's uh ex wife that yeah. passed away, Patrice O'Neill's ex wife, and she talked about how when she told him that she she didn't tell him that he was she was doing comedy. Yeah. And I guess he like showed up one night and she was on stage and he told her to her face. He said, I'm not helping you if you bomb. He said, if you're bombing, you're just going to bomb. He was like, fuck that. Don't. He said, don't point me out in the crowd. None of that shit. You got to you got to You're going to get up there. You got to sink or swim. And she just she, she still does comedy to this day. Now, is she funny? She's kind of funny. But you I, know. I, I, I saw her. She has a baseline competence. Yeah. Like, yeah. She doesn't stand. She yeah, yeah, she doesn't stand out. Like, like I wouldn't, you know, be like, oh my god, I gotta see her. Right, but right. she was way better than what that shit we just saw. Right. Oh yeah. Head. I mean, head and shoulders above that shit. That's I mean, not. I mean, com that wasn't comedy. I'm gonna tell you what that was. That was a monologue. Yeah. That was that was a SJW monologue of some frumpy black chick who dates nothing but white women. Uh, dates nothing but white men who really wants to be a white woman or at least battle with white women for whatever. For, for, and, for white men. 
Yeah, and she's not winning, you know what I'm saying? Because clearly she's trying to turn her um, race play experiences into a joke and it's not funny, you know what I'm saying? So she dates piece of shit white dudes. She knows they're pieces of shit, but at least they're white, you know what I'm saying? And she figures she can turn that into comedy and even white people don't think it's funny. She knew better to tell black folks those damn, those fucking jokes. And, and and it's like, um, that's the kind of stuff people on Twitter fake laugh at everything. Like, yeah. like, like you would think they get paid to put the laughing emoji up the way people just spam everything with it. Oh, and yeah. it's like, uh, it's way easier to just put the three crying laughing emojis than it is to muster up 13 minutes straight of laughter. Like those people, you know, it's like, damn, huh? Is, is this different than typing? I actually got to <laughs> verbally laugh at this shit over and yeah, over. I can't bullshit. do it. That's, that's yeah. a waste of time. She's a, she's a professional time waster. That's all she is. <laughs> Hold on. This is this is this is the the one that was the uh, um, HBO special. It's called Sorry Harriet Tubman. It feels so good to be out and away from my boyfriend. I'm in demand. I'm the leader. A crowd breather. So sorry after jumping up the meter. I love my boyfriend. I do. I love him, but we quarantined for 15 months. Don't nobody want to live the Martin Scorsese cut of a relationship? This is not good, this trailer, because they're jazzing it up with enough music and quick cut, quick cuts that as bad as it sounds, that still sounds better than what actually... Who the hell is that? Uh, she's this podcaster slash comedian slash actress that um she was part of this group called the Two Dope Queens and she had this oh, show on HBO. It was pretty bad. Uh, she gets a lot of bites of the apple though. She gets a lot of cracks at um. Hmm. Oh, damn, I I can't find. I want to find the clip as it appeared, as it aired, because that really drives home how. Because uh, that was still unfunny, but they cut it around like the few times they laughed, like you know when they introduced her name and stuff like that. So it makes it sound like it's a better reaction. Like I'm telling you guys, it was literal crickets. Like I've never seen a tape special uh, be that bad. So you mean to tell me she wasn't funny uh, four years ago and she's still not funny now? Four years um, later. <laughs> yeah, still still pretty pretty terrible. But uh the it's even worse when it's like an audience full of white people who clearly uh, are your fans and even they just can't fake yeah. it. Like uh you can talk to look, looking at the watch ready to go home. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to again patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.